Does your K through fifth grader like to hike, camp, and fish? How about making crafts and playing games? Well, it's time for them to make some friendships that can last a lifetime. Come join us for a wild ride <laughs> and adventure on with Cub Scouts. Go to BeASCout.org for more info on this exciting experience. Hey, this is Remy. I'm a Cub Scout, and I approve of this message. The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real-life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout on Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield and joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, you got to make sure to add unit leader to his uh, title now. That's right. That's right. So you just continue to add titles, huh? Sure. I mean, I'll, oh. I'll take. I'll take. <laughs> that's any what of... scouting's all about. <laughs> well, it's not. That's does that mean you get another? Not at all. What scouting's all does about? Does that mean you get another patch? Uh, it, yes. It, I man, thought that's it, what scouting no, was all he got, about. He got. He got a whole other uniform it, it for that. Did, it did mean that I had to buy more patches. Yes. Wow. Yes, I had to. I had to buy a pack committee chair. So, patch. what will you become dressed up in at the <laughs> December dinner? What? You no, know, the, he'll still be in a suit and tie. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if you'd be in some sort of new uniform. <laughs> they don't give you another color. You know, before you know it, you'll, yeah. oh, it's green now. Before you know, know it, you'll start wearing a patch on the uh, chest of your uh, jacket of your suit. I have one. Oh, you do. <laughs> so they used oh, to. Oh my goodness! So they used to have uh, BSA used to actually have what they called professional dress uniforms. Mm. and they had these round patches you know originally they were pin on and then they became magnetized so it's like the bsa floor de lee it's not as cool as that when you have in your yeah hand. see i don't do a show without my patch so apparently <laughs> scout on chattanooga the podcast yeah, i haven't sure. gotten into patch trading until recently in scouting <laughs> that thing everybody hold on, hold on, wants that not, patch that's not true kyle Everybody don't, wants a scout on Chattanooga do that patch. To our, hold on. Don't do that to our listening audience. Make them think that you've not always been into patch trading. I've not always been into it as <laughs> deep just, as I am now. Well, but that's a true statement. <laughs> yeah. Like, but the. I definitely caught the bug. <laughs> how, how do you go about uh, doing a trade? Do you do it through Facebook or how does that get started? There's all over <laughs> places. You can do it all kinds of ways. <laughs> that is a very you, wanted patch. What, the Scout on Chattanooga, the yes. podcast patch? Yes. Really? How many yeah. were made? Oh. There's only 100 of them made. So yeah. how many are left? I don't know, 90. I don't know. No, there's, 90, more than 90. there's not as many as 90 Kyle, left. Kyle. Oh, there's 97. We're the only three that has one. <laughs> Kyle knows where the secret storage locked facility where we keep those is. Yeah. Well, knows, so it's an undisclosed location. So someone out there listening in would, Grundy County is a loyal listener and <laughs> would like to have a scout on Chattanooga Patch. How do they get one? They, they have to come on the podcast. 
Oh, so it's for guests only. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you have one because, you know, you this is your studio. Because so. you talk every <laughs> just time. just felt on. like the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so honored. <laughs> That's no, why I don't do a show without it. Let me tell you, I won't, te- I won't tell you who, but I can tell you that somebody has offered like 60 bucks for one of those to somebody that has been on our podcast Wait, wait, wait. Before. Who is that? I'm, I'm, <laughs> anything I have is for sale. He's holding up the patch in his right hand right now. I'll auction that thing off. Um, do, it, do it live? <laughs> yeah. Live auction. Uh, $70. $60. How did we get wow. off on this patch thing? I don't know. Oh, y'all are making fun of me in the uniform. Oh, That's yeah. what you were yeah. doing. Yeah. And he didn't have creases in his patches this hey, time. Hey, you know, these patches Patches could be a f- good fundraiser for you guys. If we're if somebody's already mm-hmm. offered sixty, you could sell these for twenty five, yeah, and problem, all the money go to whatever you need it for with scouting. But here's the problem: when you start selling them, the price starts going down. Yeah. Well, you only sell like hundred. What we would we only need, have hundred. What anyway. we would need is like three patches, one with each of our faces on it, and there's only one of each. And then you auction all three of them off. As those, that like would be like set. how it be right. Well, no, you do it individually. Oh, okay. that way you you have people want to bid to get the whole set. Oh, I got you. See, mm. Mm. but I don't know uh, if anybody want a patch of our faces. They love That'd your. That'd be a scary looking patch. <laughs> they love your. They love your. Face, maybe we do Sean. that. Maybe we do that in the month of October next year for Halloween. People love your face, Sean. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they do. I think we, because oh, don't you remember when we did like a, there was like a picture and people were like, oh, wow, uh-huh. they're real people. Oh, yeah. yeah they're actually <laughs> Is that Sean? <laughs> Is that Sean? <laughs> See, they don't care about me and Kyle. They know. You know, I don't they, think they our, I don't think our faces are anywhere on the Scout on Chattanooga social media. They are. No. Yeah. They yeah, posted in the there. picture. Yeah. They posted. Oh, them. they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We probably need some promo shots made, some professional mm. shots. Well, I, I, I noticed whoever yeah. posts this podcast on Facebook never tags us. Because yeah, if they would they tag us, then that would be on my I Facebook think page. They do it I think in the you got to accept it. No. I never have been tagged in a Facebook post. My head hurts. So, just a suggestion. <laughs> says his head hurts. Oh, that man. way we can get it more out to the masses. Because I got 5,000 friends. Kyle's probably got 5,000 or more. Uh, you've got at least 100 friends. I uh, might be like 98. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- this is like the best kept secret in town, Scout on Chattanooga. It's now a he's good looking one. it up. It's a good one. No, I'm not looking it up. I'm not going to look it up. Oh, I'm not going to look it up. Oh, I'm not gonna look it up. Um, so well, how did y'all get off on the uniform? Oh, because I was a volunteer. You yeah. guys were ragging me about that. Yeah. You were, it was your first time as a volunteer first camping. Time as a camping, yeah. Skymont, yeah, this so, past weekend. So ask me the question, Well, Sean. you you look you look <laughs> like normal today. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle comes in here dragging. He says he's so tired and wore out. He was at Skymont all mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. He slept it, in did, bed, Did Kyle too. do a lot more work than you did this past weekend? Heck no. Okay. Come on, bro. I I'm <laughs> no. like I like you know that like the Lorax, you know, Dr. Seuss, the Lorax, you know, I'm the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Mm. See, Kyle was what we call the boss of the event. Oh, the Don. I of was the event. one of the bosses. Okay? So yes. so he slept in a bed. Wow. He had special food. I represent the leaders, the common people. Camping in campsites, in tents, 
on the ground with children. You're the definition of Which means you camping. were in bed by 9 o'clock every night. <laughs> oh, I was not. Dude, no, I was not. I wish I was, but... Um, but yeah, so so to put it short, so did you get Kyle a bed? was not roughing it. So how did he get a bed and you didn't? You're the CEO. I'm one because of the bosses. I'm, because he's a boss. Yeah, but you're the main guy. I'm a man of the people. You're he the chief was, executive officer. So I'm the chief ground sleeping officer. Here's mm. so here's a funny thing. I outed him Saturday night at oh, the campfire. Yeah, that was great because a lot of his people in his unit Some, didn't realize no. that he was the scout executive CEO right they just knew he worked with the boy scouts but they didn't know what he did i was i was actually really upset about this yeah. i'm still i'm still you were upset that they didn't know or that no Kyle, i no. didn't want him to know he didn't oh, act yeah. mad at me while we were there or on the phone yesterday but today i have found out that he indeed was, I was mad a little, at me i'm not i was not mad i can't imagine you getting mad at cowboy Kyle. i was ju- i'm not mad i'm just disappointed Oh, wow. don't do that to me. <laughs> do not do that to me. <laughs> so, no, I mean it was good. Like you know, basically, uh, you know, they got to the end. So Zach McCarty, our council commissioner, had come up to me mm-hmm. um, right before the the campfire. You know, in the so we're in the amphitheater and everybody's kind of piling in. There's 500 people or whatever. They're piling in the amphitheater, and Zach comes up and he's like, "Hey." You know, I normally go up when I'm here and I think the event leadership, that would be Kyle and Jennifer Strand and others will will counsel. And, um, is this just and Cherokee you, area council? Uh, or is it other troops? It's, from it's a Cherokee area council event. So there yeah. was, but there was people from everywhere there. So, okay. uh, and I, I told Zach, I said, you know, no, I, you know, Kyle's been pretty, uh, up front with me that he just wants me to be a unit leader this weekend. That's my role. And I'm happy to do that. And, you know, um, I don't really think I need to get up there. Um, and he's like, okay, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm good. I'm enjoying this. You know, I'm just kind of, I'm here in the crowd. Then we get to the end. <laughs> Kyle has the microphone <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, everybody we've had us. I want to invite a few special guests up. And one of them in particular doesn't probably want to come up here. And and probably doesn't want to be recognized, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> he laughed like that, and uh, and he's gonna be mad at me, but that's okay. He can deal with it. And he's been with us. He's drumming this thing up like I'm undercover boss, you know, at this whole thing. And uh, and uh, and you know, Jared Pickens, scout executive, you know. And there's a hush across. You know, he he's trying to get everybody to clap. There's this hush like nobody, oh, man, nobody guy. wanted to clap for you. Oh, that guy. Know, you know, we didn't clever. take that guy did anything so yeah what's he doing out here <laughs> you know send him back to chattanooga uh, to the office well, we so, let you be a unit leader until seven thirty that night so did you so did you speak That's did true. you like go up there and get the microphone well, what was i supposed to do not go up there <laughs> well, i don't know i just stood up and waved everybody and sat down <laughs> well you know i didn't at, at that point i knew if i didn't go up the the ribbings would continue continue until i did right so when you got up there how did you handle it well you know zach said what he was gonna say and then you know i said things that that i thought sounded good did you you thank kyle for recognizing you while you were up there like he hands you the mic you said oh thank you kyle no but i was fairly bashful at that point i'd say a little more bashful than normal because of the introduction 
<laughs> so you weren't mad you were disappointed in kyle no go not in kyle not in kyle just about the situation oh yeah i think it sounded like it went well to me no, it went great i think everybody who listens to this podcast thoroughly enjoyed the whole shtick that kyle did at my expense well guess what you didn't have much respect of anybody while you were there and then when that happened you gained all this new respect so it was all good <laughs> no I, I think that it went great and i'm sorry i made you upset at me but i forgive you it's okay i, I'm I not, can't imagine I'm you upset. getting upset at kyle i'm not upset hmm. i think he needs a hug kyle you may have to give him a big old big daddy to, Kyle hug. I have to tell you this because it was pretty funny. Jennifer, uh, after Jennifer Strand, yeah, Jennifer okay. Strand, when after Program Zach director. McCarty came up mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I want to say something," I was like, "I already got you and Jared on the thing," and he goes, "Well, Jared doesn't want to talk," <laughs> and I said, "I said, no, he's going to talk. It's fine." <laughs> so he was like okay it's not on me it's on you I said, okay <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh jennifer strand walks up and she goes hey what zach want and i said well he wanted to make sure that i had him on the list to talk or whatever and she goes did did jared want to talk i said no but he's going to anyway <laughs> and she said is he gonna be mad <laughs> and i said i said <laughs> i looked at her yes. and i said yes he is i said what is he gonna do fire me <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny uh, what i don't think it what you are, know after hearing this story i don't think it went any better it what was are, perfect what are friends for right yeah, yeah. except for getting you into things that you don't want to be in yeah so <laughs> i'm sorry creases <laughs> so, I, I think it was perfect <laughs> oh it's getting bad now the squealing's coming out that noise that y'all heard Kyle just physically <laughs> he, removed himself from the microphone. He was squalling. He was feet away from the microphone <laughs> that you heard that laugh. That was one of those, what they call thing. a belly laugh. Was, there's some type of a squeal going on. It, it's 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 like when your car okay. horn gets stuck. Sounded on. like that pig I heard at a farm recently. Oh, Probably. You went to a farm? Yeah. It must have been like a fall festival farm. <laughs> Farmer Whitfield. No, a friend of mine's got a farm and he had some pigs. Oh. All right. Hold, hold, hold on. The pigs and the farms. <laughs> That's what, what you sound what like. What is going on? Kyle. Hey, let's dive into our What's Up. Okay. okay. Our What's right. Up is our special segment where we share one thing going on in our world. It gives all of you, our listeners out there, an opportunity to get to know us a little bit better, whether you want to or not. <laughs> so, uh, so all that was a freebie, huh? So, I yeah. guess it was. That yeah. one's on the house. So, uh, Jared, what's up with you? Anything special? I went, I went Cub Scout camping this weekend. <laughs> uh, no. I, we didn't hear much about you and Theodore, you know, going around camp. So, Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd hate to be like, you know, did everybody hear about that parent and that kid? Ooh, man, they're terrible. That'd be bad. That'd be but no, bad. did you enjoy it walking around? Yeah, we had. Yeah, so so Sean, I'll direct all this at Sean, right? Since Sean is a neutral party in this <laughs> situation. So um, our brand new Cub Scout pack, pack four at Reflection Riding, uh, we went and we had about fifty people. 
that went camping this weekend. It's our first time ever Cub Scout camping. And it was a blast. And we had a great time. And we cooked in our campsite. And we organized our gear and equipment. And everything worked out just fine. And it was really exciting to be able to have that happen. And all the kids seemed to have a wonderful time. And y'all had a great skit as well. We had a skit at the campfire that Kyle suggested for us. And it was a good suggestion. And our um, we have a small den of wolf and bear scouts that are together. And uh, they did it. And they did a great job. But yeah, we had a great time at the at the camp out. I and, thought you um, were a part of the Brainerd um, well, we true. okay. So in the beginning, we were just a kindergarten lion cub scout den. We were meeting in Brainerd, but we were technically registered over kind of in East Brainerd. And then we created our brand new cub scout pack this fall. So we've got twenty seven kids now, up from six. Yeah, but East Brainerd reflection riding—that's a pretty good distance apart. How did that happen? Well, we have people from all over. And I'm really good friends. You guys remember a couple years ago, we had Mark McKnight, the CEO of Reflection Writing, on the pod. Yeah. yeah. And uh, great interview. Fascinating guy. He's a really good friend. <clears throat> and so I had been kind of working on him for years, saying, man, this would be a great place to do uh, scouting at Reflection Writing. You know, they got creek access. They got hiking trails. They got outdoor. They got pavilions. They got, it'd be great. And uh, he, he always wanted to do it. But um, when we started thinking about, okay, we're probably going to need our own Cub Scout pack. Because we've all got younger kids behind, right? Jim Doddle's got younger kids. Ellis has younger kids. I have younger kids than the ones that are in it. So we knew, hey, this thing's probably going to have to grow and evolve. Um, I suggested, I was like, hey, let me call Mark down at Reflection and see if they'll just host us. Um, because I think people will drive out there, you know. So and you've so got a, so an above average uh, location than, I guess, a lot of the other troops. Well, I wouldn't call it above average, but it's certainly different. I mean, I, I would say that, um, you know, we meet outside. Like all of our meetings, unless it's raining or they're outside. I mean, I would think going to Reflection Riding is like going to Lake Winnie for a bunch of young boys and girls. It's pretty cool. I mean, I enjoy it more as a parent, right? Because, yeah. you know, I'm going through and it's scenic and it feels like I'm in the woods. It doesn't feel like I'm in a church basement or a gym or something like that, well, you know, which would be the alternative. Yeah, very um, cool. So, yeah. So, and I think I would encourage all of our scouting units to um, get more outside with their meetings. You know, nothing says that you have to meet in a in a church basement or a classroom or anything there's no rule about that you know we can do it outside we just have to want to mm-hmm. and and i'm blessed with a group of parents who really want to gotcha kyle what's up with you sir uh you know what i have started a weight loss journey whoa okay good and, for you man um, that's thank a, you. that's outstanding i know a little bit about this this is really cool yeah so um i've been on it about three and a half weeks now with one of those weeks being a break because we had went to Disney World and they said, you know, don't worry about it while you're at Disney. Just go have fun. We'll get you right back on the wagon. But I can tell you this morning, 25 pounds down since I started my journey already. So pretty good little chunk off and uh, I'm feeling a little better. I'm extremely tired because of Cub Scout camping this weekend. But um, yeah, overall going pretty well feel so, a little better i can feel that my metabolism is running better than it used to um i can feel you know i wish my water intake was still like i was doing better with that but i am getting better at it it's just what what is the something to work what, on you have like a water intake goal <clears throat> 100 ounces a day 100 ounces wow okay. is there anything special about this diet as opposed to anything else you've ever done 
Well, this one is um, like it's medically watched, but there's no nothing prescription a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, there's no exercise that's needed until you start plateauing and then you add additional exercising and stuff like that, which is good because I have the knee problems. Um, and the hope is that I can get some weight off. The knee will become a little better and then I can start doing more exercising. So what's a typical meal look like for you? Um, I do um, eight ounces of protein and then six ounces of fruits or veggies. Hmm. And then there are certain things that are zero count. Like if I wanted salad with no salad dressing on it, I can have as much salad as I want. Pickles, I can have as many pickles as I want. Stuff like that. So, um, but it's about it's a lot about portion control, which I've had you know problems with my entire life, mm-hmm. literally. Um, so it's a lot to do with portion control and that sort of stuff. You know. Well, good for you. Thank you. That's outstanding, that man. So, pretty excited about it. So what's the hardest uh, part so far? You know, um, fried food mm. was pretty rough for me. I really like fried food. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is grilled and broiled stuff, you know. Um, I do um, like grilled chicken and green beans for lunch a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll do like steak and zucchini and squash. Um a lot of stuff like that no oils it's all we just use a little bit of what little bit of pam you need into the mm-hmm. pan to cook or whatever no mm. butter mm. i don't do any dairy right now i can slip dairy into my meals every once in a while but can't go crazy on it because there's something to do with the aminos or something in it that mm. what they're trying to do is reset my metabolism so that's what we're working on that's awesome man so you mentioned that, that does sound i mean that does sound hard like that would be hard for me. So good on you, man. man. And to be honest with you, but my I love fried food. But my worst was I love breakfast, and we fast breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat until about noon or one most days. Right. I only it's water and black coffee in the morning. When so do you else. when do you um stop eating at night if you got a fast thing? Like, would you, do you have like a time? I try to like, be done by 6 p.m. Uh-huh. They didn't make that rule for me. Mm-hmm. I just kind of try to be done by 6 and water only after 6 p.m. Uh-huh. Um, and then I fast through at least noon or one. They said the longer I can fast, the better it is. But they said to never go past about 1.30 or 2 in your fasting. Or your body goes into a mode to where it's starting to try to store stuff at that point in time mm-hmm. instead of burning it. So is this like the whole ketosis thing? It's a lot of it, yeah. What, what what's it called? It's called um, "Be the New You." Weight loss is the company that I do it oh. with, and um, it is some um, some drops that I use that help me with appetite suppression, like some dietary supplements. Uh, and then they have a tracker that I fill out on my phone every day of how much water I've had, what my weight was, what I've ate that day. And then they'll actually call me or I'll go in once a week and we'll go over, hey, you could have done better here. Or, you know, you can actually not eat enough either. So you have to make sure that you're getting your portions just right and that you're eating enough that it keeps your metabolism going, that sort of thing. So, so are you feeling better or worse in general you after know, these changes? That first week I felt worse and I think it's because my stomach felt so hungry all the time because you know your stomach can stretch and i'm a big guy Mm -hmm. and i used to clean my plate every time because 
when i was a kid that's what you were taught to do was clean your plate right but it shouldn't be that way you know you should eat until you're satisfied so and i think my stomach has learned that it doesn't need that much and the water intake really helps with that too you're actually supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces of water every day like give it give us an example like like if i weigh if you weigh 80 pounds then you should be drinking 90 ounces of water ounces yeah interesting so and if you drink super cold water it actually helps you burn calories too super cold water your stomach has to it takes it more time to process than room temperature water Hmm. so if you drink ice cold water you actually burn more calories so you made comments you went to disney world how was that did you try to stay on the diet or did you just come off the wagon with it or well i didn't fall off the wagon completely um you know i still had some delicious meals that had more seasoning than it should have and that sort of stuff but i tried drinking a fair amount of water i stayed away from sodas um if i do do a soda it's a zero calorie one so um and i don't even do diet coke it's like coke zero is the only soda i'll have and i don't even have one of those a day most of the time so so you're but you're feeling you never really answered the question of like are you feeling i'm feeling better, better. Yeah. you are yeah that's awesome man like it makes me i i feel like i'm accomplishing something now you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that first week you know i shed probably 15 pounds in one week but i just felt really run down and my body wasn't quite used to only getting that amount of food mm-hmm. and i was coming off a carb high you know because that's all i was doing was eating carbs all the time and they help you for a short amount of time but then you burn them off mm-hmm. and the the doctor that i'm working with on this uh dr wallace his name and he tells you know he told me that once you get gain a little bit of weight you start building insulin resistance and it makes it to where it makes your body more hungry for sugars. Hmm. It also makes you gain weight. Yeah. So a lot um, of folks are insulin resistance that are heavy. That's mm-hmm. what causes weight gain. And what they're trying to do is I think with the drops that I take, it makes it to where uh, I'm not as insulin resistant as what I would normally be for my weight size. It helps lower that to where I burn more fat. Did they do your blood work? They did not do any blood work yet. I think that comes down the line. Because to really get a handle on your insulin resistant level, you got to have your blood work done. So for so, so for our listeners out there, you know, Sean uh, Whitfield, uh, one of his passions in life and in town is physical fitness, and uh, and he he works with the Chattanooga Fitness Expo. Expo. Ooh, sorry, did I get that right? Sean? Yeah, Chattanooga Fitness and Expo. has for 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 many years, and so uh, actually I own it. There you go. <laughs> and, I not uh, only work with it, I own it. Well, I was trying to be humble for it's you. A Sean, Sean for I was trying to be humble for it, you. It, and well, jumping on it. I'm not going to do like you did. I'm not Kyle. Yeah, but I'm not. The, the outage, uh, I, you know. I'm you. not going to do like you did at Skymon and pretend I <laughs> don't have some authority You're on You're going to stand up and wave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bodybuilding and uh, fitness competition that uh, we hold every June at the Embassy Suites Hotel. But uh, yeah, and then I host the Chattanooga Fitness Download, which is a bodybuilding and fitness podcast. But yeah, that's been a part of my world for 30 plus years. So I certainly uh, know a lot about it. Well, Kyle, I'll say it. And that is that I'm proud of you. 
Thanks. And I know a lot of our other listeners and scout participants and parents and leaders, they're all really proud of you. Thank you. And so I would I would say for our listeners that are out there, when you see Kyle, give him a high five. Tell him what it means, because really you're just epitomizing what it means to refocus on a, a scout being physically strong. Because 20 minutes ago, he said he was disappointed in you. Yeah. And now he's proud of me. We've just, you've had the full circle of emotions with me today. I will say this. I broke bad Saturday morning and had gravy, and it was absolutely delicious. <laughs> you can't hey, be Sean, having cheat meals. Sean, Sean. What? If camp gravy tastes amazing you know he must have a stringent diet well you, you <laughs> can't you can't it's just can't, water and flour yeah but you can't have cheat meals you got to stop that stuff no mm. cheat meals hey uh, make this quick because we're up against a break uh how was disney it was good it was fun um got to ride several new rides even got to do the new moana water experience it was in a soft opening what is so that we got to do it it's called the journey of water and it's essentially like anything that's in epcot is supposed to be educational in one form or fashion so the journey of water is a new exhibit that they've opened in epcot and it's about how water the journey of water literally from you know our streams and creeks to the ocean to evaporating to raining down to being you know the process that water goes through and you can visit all these different things that teach you about the journey of water and you know the little magic bands that you wear mm-hmm. they can make the water do special things and some stuff like you oh, can wave cool. your hand and it'll make the water jump up and that sort of stuff didn't so i cool. didn't i see of course you went during fall break mm-hmm. and i can only imagine the park was absolutely packed is that you know, a fair it wasn't, assessment it wasn't horrible until the magic kingdom day and that day i felt like i couldn't breathe there were so many people in there and but, and then i read something uh on one of the uh, network's uh, television stations uh, online where the rates had really gone up in price at Disney. So, I we mean, definitely it's, did see it's become very hike. expensive, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah more so than normal. Wow. But it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Sean, what's up with you, man? Well, there's a lot up with me, but I'm going to share this quick story. I'll try to make it quick because I thought it was such, it was almost like being at a movie. This past Saturday, my wife and I, Kim Chapman Whitfield, we went to a wedding. And it was a wedding of the young lady that is the morning news anchor on News Channel 9, Maggie. And they had their Blonde rings. Girl. They had their rings and their luggage and all that. So No, no. I didn't see anything like that. They did have their they did have their rings up, by the way. Okay. Now matter of fact, smiling. Matter, fact okay. matter of fact, Kim whispered in my ear during the middle of the wedding and said, see, he's got the ring. <laughs> So, right, yeah, that, that, that was brought up. I had to say. But it was at a place uh, about 10 miles south of Flintstone, Georgia, on 193. And uh, it was called the Homestead Venue. And it's a wedding venue, and it's a beautiful place. It uh, uh, Just an outstanding setting for a wedding. And they have a barn there where they you know, hold the dinner and the reception and all that kind of stuff. Well, out there on the property, of course, you're surrounded by woods and it's like being in a bowl and then, you know, it's all open and then in, in the sort of the center of that bowl is a huge pond. And this pond is about the size. Yes, that's it. Homestead venue. And, and this pond is about the size of, um, I don't know, maybe two football fields, something like that. It's not a lake or anything, but it's just a large pond. Fair size. Yeah. And so it's right there at the pond. So they had about 150 seats. They're facing the pond. 
the wedding was right there uh, overlooking the pond, just outstanding setting. So about, and the wedding lasted, the ceremony lasted maybe 25 minutes. Well, we were about 15 minutes into the wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden at a distance, we start hearing this chopper helicopter and it's getting closer and closer and closer. All of a sudden, this huge chopper, it looks like a life force chopper, except it wasn't, hovers over the pond with a cable hanging down in a huge bucket. And it, it hovers down oh, over the pond I know what this and is. drops the bucket into the pond fills it up with water and this is going on right in the middle of the wedding Uh uh-huh and i mean we're not excuse me we're a hundred yards at the most 50 yards from from the water and where this chopper is Mm -hmm. and uh of course the lee you know the trees are blowing everywhere from the helicopter it dips down in there and it, it slowly raises back up and then it takes off towards the mountain well, there was a wildfire on the side um, of Lookout side Mountain. Side of Lookout Mountain, yeah. Yeah, I think it was up around the Lula Lake uh, Land Trust. Mm-hmm. And so about every six to seven minutes, that chopper was going back and forth, getting water out of that pond and taking it to where the fire was. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out later that they did not ask permission to do that. And it's either a state or federal law when there's a wildfire wildfire going on, uh, fire officials do not have to ask permission mm-hmm. to use anybody's water. So if there's a pond or a lake or something like that, a natural resource is nearby, they legally have the right to go access that water and they do not have to give the property owner permission. But it was almost like being at a, it's almost like watching a movie where it's almost surreal. And this is all going on in the middle of the wedding. So, so did, it was, they pause, it was cool. did they pause for, <clears throat> like at what point were they like, time out, we're going to let the bucket descend again and then and we'll continue as they the just, bucket rises. Like, they, they did, as far as the wedding ceremony? Yeah, right. The minister just continued on like nothing was happening. <laughs> that would be yeah. hard to do yes. when nobody's it, looking at the bride. Yeah, and, and of course they had speakers on both sides of the the wedding set there, so you could still hear what he was saying, but it wasn't anything like it w- would be if the chopper wasn't. You know, how'd you like to be that guy in the helicopter I mean, too, though? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm, your wedding's going on, but I've got to have this water. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was looking. I showed you, you know, the website that I'm looking at right here on, yeah. on my laptop, and. Uh, this, you see the this, pond? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, was it in this courtyard? I yeah. mean, that's like, right? Yeah. That's exactly where it so, was. I mean, that's... And the pond's right behind it. You know, 100 feet. Oh, yeah. From... It's close. Where they would be putting the bucket in. Yeah. Wow. So you're sitting there and you're seeing this chopper. Like I say, it's about the size of the Life Force chopper. And did you? <laughs> and it's dropping this bucket down into the pond. At, at any point in any of this, did you have to resist the personal urge to say, get to the chopper? No, I never. <laughs> I never thought like, like in that. In the middle Get of the, the job, yeah. <laughs> I would have. But it was just fascinating because who would think you would go to a wedding or, or go anywhere and see something like that? That's I'd really think. interesting. And and uh, you know, of course, we we hope every uh, body's personal and public property is safe from that fire. Of course, J one hundred three lost their tower. 
and they oh, were off wow. the air uh, for a couple of days because the mm. tower tower was in the wildfire area. Mm, goodness. So, all right, guys, we need to head to a break. But first, Jared, we've got a special guest joining us here in just a moment, and uh, I'll let you uh, share who that is. Yeah, we've got uh, Hamilton County District Attorney Cody Womp is on as our special guest. And wow, just really looking forward to a great conversation. And I know that uh, she's got some great things that she wants to share and um, just really looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot of things about the Hamilton County District Attorney's Office that many of you out there listening probably didn't know. And so it's going to be a very interesting conversation. It's time for a quick break for Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. There are lots of ways to be a kid. My way is to take a road that's not easy. So it's a good thing I'm an adventurer. That's why I'm going to be a Cub Scout, because scouting will guide me to really big things. It will teach me to navigate the woods with confidence and to navigate the world with confidence, too. Scouting will show me a kid who is brave, trustworthy, loyal, and kind. A kid who is always prepared. A kid who is me. So scout me in. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. And it is our pleasure to introduce our next guest here in the Optimize You studio, and that is Hamilton County District Attorney Cody Womp. Hello, Cody. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Happy to be here. You're very welcome. So I, I'm sure you've done a lot of things in your career, but I bet you never imagined being on a Boy Scout podcast. It, 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 this is not a typical day for me. No, it is not a typical afternoon. That's why I can't wait to have this conversation because it's probably not going to be like all the other conversations I have every week. So I, I, I bet you are correct. I'm glad to be here, though. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess to start it off with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I guess Chattanooga is home sure. for you? Yeah. Always been home? Yeah, Chattanooga is home for me. Um, I grew up here, Chattanooga Christian School graduate, was there from fourth grade till graduation. I'm still a, an advocate of CCS. I think it's a great school. Um, and I decided I was going to go to law school when I was a sophomore in high school and uh, pretty much worked from my sophomore year in high school through college, through law school um, to be in criminal law in some capacity. Uh, started as a public defender in Hamilton County, um, which I think there's not many more valuable roles um, as being a public defender. It was wonderful. Three years at the public defender's office, but then really got burned out with criminal defendants um, that keep coming back over and over again. Decided I was going to prosecute. Went to prosecute in Bradley County, which is just the district east of here, Bradley, Monroe, McMinn, and Polk County. And then uh, thought there might be a chance I might run for office in Hamilton County someday and was trying to figure out how to start working back over there. Uh, an opportunity came up with the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office. I went to uh, work as their general counsel for a couple of years but ran for office while I was there. Um, was elected last August, sworn in last September 2022, so it's been about a year since I've been in office. 
I am um, the first female district attorney from Hamilton County, and I am the youngest district attorney in the state by a handful of years, um, 34. I got elected when I was 33, um, ran for like a year and a half. So I started running when I was 32, got elected at 33. Now I'm 34. There's only 32 elected DAs in the state of Tennessee, um, and only five of us are women. So I'm one of five women and the youngest by far. Um, but, yeah, so I'm in my first first term as an elected DA. I have an eight-year term. We just talked about that. Uh, so until 2030, I will be the DA here in Hamilton County. You grew up in a political family. Your, I did. Your father was a congressman for, what, two or three decades? Yeah, 16 years, eight terms. Zach Womp. Mm-hmm. And uh, did that have any influence on you to someday see yourself as an elected official? Yeah, both my brother and I, we, we would, uh, we'd be lying if we didn't say both of us sort of ended up where we're at because of the way that we were raised. Um, the, and the way that we were raised in, in the political world is unique in 2023 because my dad was elected to the House when he was, um, he was in his mid-30s, and it was 1994. Uh, Clinton was president, and Congress looked a whole lot different than it does now. In fact, public service looked a whole lot different than it does now. And so Weston and I grew up in a Washington, D.C. that was functional. Uh, Of course, there was a time in the last, I would say, decade that it became very dysfunctional, as it is right now. Um, But in 1994, Clinton was president. Yeah, sure, Republicans and Democrats disagreed on um, some major issues. There was, you know, a divide amongst social issues. But for the most part, uh, they were getting stuff done. They were working together across the aisle uh, to really get stuff done for the country and for their individual states and districts. And so we grew up... um, Really in a household that was, as weird as it is, sort of bipartisan in nature. Uh, some of my dad's very best friends to this day are the guys he met in the house um, in, you know, when he first got elected. And so we grew up in a household, first of all, that really just valued public service. It, it didn't come from really any, like, political background, certainly not a partisan nature to it, but just public service. Uh My dad could have gone and done a whole lot of things, but he believed in serving the 3rd District of East Tennessee. I think he was the best representative we'll ever have here. Um, But we saw him serve, and we saw him serve really well. We also watched as our close friends served their districts really well. Um, You know, people like Tom Coburn from Colorado and Steve Largent from Oklahoma. Um, We watched as they served their communities in in a statesman role. And I think that's what we're missing in 2023. We don't have statesmen anymore like we used to. Uh, but it affected Weston and I because we saw what good you can do if that's what you want to do. If you're if you're in it for the right reasons and you see the difference that you can make and you do it for the right reasons, then there's a whole lot of value to public service. And so Weston and I saw it happen. We grew up around it. We grew up around, um, you know, my dad who I... I I admire my dad more than any other man in the world, as a as a daughter should. Um, but I I do, and I watched him serve so well. They told my brother and I, if you think you can run for office and do better than the person in office, then do it. Don't be scared to do it. You know, if you really think that that's what you can do. And so as I sort of started sharpening my skill set and really invested in advocacy and criminal law and criminal defendants and prosecution, I realized a few years ago, hey, I think I might be better for this job than the guy that was doing it. Um, 
it's a hard decision to make as a 32-year-old that had, you know, all the freedom and flexibility in the world. Uh, but, yeah, certainly, back to your question, uh, my, my family is a lot of the reason why I'm here, but not because they pushed me or encouraged me. They did not even encourage it. Uh, they just encouraged us to go make a difference and have an impact, and so that's what we did. So in terms of approaching your current service, there may be people that are listening to this pod right now who don't really know what a district attorney does. <laughs> what would you tell them? Yeah, no, I remember explaining it like a, a few years back when I like really was in the thick of everything. My mom still had some questions about like what I did even as a public defender and a, a DA, so that's okay. Um, it is complicated. Criminal justice, nobody wants to be involved in criminal justice unless they, they absolutely have to be. Um, so in Hamilton County, our district, we're in the 11th Judicial District in this county. Um, it is just Hamilton County. So I'm, when people call me the Hamilton County DA, that is true, but it's actually a district um, done by based on population for the most part. Um, so any crime that's committed in Hamilton County, my office prosecutes from uh, public intoxication, uh, DUI, robbery, homicide, everything in between. If you commit a crime in this county, my office will be the office that handles it, um, prosecutes you. So um, in Hamilton County, obviously, our crime scene is a little bit different than smaller counties. We have, uh, you know, some major crime issues. Uh, so our priorities in downtown Chattanooga are different than they are in, in smaller cities and towns across the state. Um, but, yeah, no matter no matter who you are or what you're charged with, my office will. And I have 30, 30 plus attorneys now, uh, prosecutors in my office, 20-plus uh, support staff. So we got a big office handling all the cases, and there's a lot of them. I had no idea that your office was that large. Yeah, I've got over 50 employees, 30, 30 pro- and, and quite frankly, if we had five or six more prosecutors, the system would just be even more well-oiled um, than it is now. We, we could, we could, we could use several more. But yeah, I've got over 30 prosecutors. But Hamilton County, you know, we're almost 400,000 people at this point. We're just trailing Knox County, um, and Knox County has their the DA's office up there is way, way bigger, even though we're not that much smaller. Um, than them. So, yeah, hopefully we'll keep growing. So before you were elected, you had had how many years experience I had been, in law? I had been a criminal attorney for eight years when I got elected. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I would think that there was some of the opposition that was always saying, well, you've not had enough experience. Sure. However, on election day... The polls didn't they show did that not result. Reflect that, yeah. I, one of the things I said a lot on the campaign trail is that I don't think it, it's a it's not a good idea to say that the person that's been doing something the longest is the is the best person to do the job. Mm-hmm. Like if we applied that in business, uh, we would lose a lot of our our new large companies that are were started by you know twenty five year olds and thirty year olds and and the makeup of this city now that we live in, we have all types of very serious young entrepreneurs. You know, we have we have 35 year olds who started uh, businesses in their garage 10 years ago and now they're, you know, hundred million dollar businesses. If we're going to take young business people serious and if we really want our community to continue to thrive um, for the for decades to come, we have to be serious about younger leadership and younger leadership means that, yeah, I've not been a prosecutor for 20 years like my opponent had. That's just how it goes, you know, and and the 35 year old business guy who owns a hundred million dollar company has not been in business for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it, it's young leadership. Uh, that's what it is. And I, I did my best to make sure that I put in my years and I also just collected as much experience in criminal law as I could before I ran. I mean, I had been a defense attorney. I'd been a prosecutor in the trenches, in court, trying cases, 
I had worked for a law enforcement agency, so I set myself up to make sure I was as prepared as I could be. But more importantly, it's about energy and effort and what you're willing to put into it. So, again, um, and I, I hope young kids know this as they sort of when I when I talk to young people, I'll tell them, don't ever be intimidated because you're the youngest person in a room. That doesn't mean anything. In fact, it should mean less and less in this country uh, as we move forward. I mean, look at look at our Congress and our Senate and our our president. Uh, We are we are drowning with older people and it's not getting us anywhere. And I I, in Hamilton County, I'm, I'm proud of our area because in the last election cycle, we showed that we're not scared to put young new people in office. And I think it's working and I think it looks good. Uh, now we need to do that across the nation because, you know, if you have the energy and effort and commitment level that I have to this job, honestly, I wouldn't have even need the, needed the experience that I do have um, because I have I have the um, desire to put the work in and to make sure we're moving forward in criminal justice. Well, I've never been in a courtroom that you've been in before, but I've seen you on the evening newscast oh, in man. a courtroom. <laughs> and on the 6 o'clock newscast, you don't look like you're intimidated by anything. No, no. I'll, I, and and I, I wouldn't be wanting to go up against you. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is what uh, this is what I was born to do. Everybody says, what comes next for you? You know, you're, you're young still. I don't know. This is what I always wanted to do. And And quite frankly, when it comes to trial advocacy, um, I'm a trial attorney, and I can't stay out of court. I've already tried a case this year, um, handling a couple others. I just I can't stay out of the courtroom. But I'll tell you, the campaign trail really sharpened my trial skills, too, as weird as that is. Um, I started the campaign still sort of timid and nervous and unsure about myself in certain atmospheres. And uh, if you ever, you know, want to start being good on your toes, just run for office because you don't have a you, you can't collect thoughts anymore or, or write speeches. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate that. I, I would like to think that I've, I've um, developed some pretty good trial skills, but I'm, some of it's because I ran for office. It's something I've noticed, too, uh, as you know, I followed the election and then, you know, your your current service is that you do have a really much larger role than I anticipated mm-hmm. in communication. Is that something that you like, or is that something you're just like, well, oh, I got to do it? You it's know? funny you say that because I think there's there's DAs that do the job different than I do. Um, in fact, my predecessor sort of stayed quiet. No one really knew who he was, and it hurt him when he ran for office because he didn't have any name recognition. Well, that is so true. You know, he had he had <laughs> he had really not thought ahead. Um, had no name recognition. No one ever heard from him. So a lot of people in our community started thinking. I don't know what the DA does. I don't I don't know what he's doing. And most people didn't know who the DA was. And so when I got elected and committed to sort of being more vocal, making sure people know to the best of my ability uh, what I can give them, know about criminal justice in Hamilton County, um, I think people have been sort of surprised by it. And they've all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's there's the DA. I didn't realize we had a DA all these years. I, I want to keep being vocal. Uh, I do like it. It gets it gets tough sometimes because there are certain things that I need to stay away from and can't talk about. Um, but for the most part, I'm an elected official. And if 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 our state legislature didn't want me to be held accountable to the electorate, they wouldn't have made this an elected position. They would have made it an appointed position. But it's elected, and so I am. I am. Uh, I work for all 400,000 people in this county, and I'm going to try my best to to keep that in mind while I also sort of balance the confidentiality that has to come with a lot of my job. But I I do enjoy it. I like being out and about. I'll keep coming on podcasts. I'll keep being on the radio. I enjoy that part. 
Well, not to be political, but I think you're doing a good job at it. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of, I say a lot, we've had several relatively high awareness situations recently that you've had to speak on. And I do not uh, begrudge you the opportunity to do that. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, Sean uh, trying to deal with some of those things. And and I, I can tell from how you communicate that you're torn truly between what you can say and what you feel like the people who elected you need to know. Is that a fair statement? It is a fair statement. And, and sometimes I try to go, I, I'll tiptoe right up to that line. You know, I'll try to give as much as I can without going too far. But but I'm also human. And sometimes uh, things that happen in this community really frustrate me. And I I have I've tried to, to temper all of it with, um, you know, um, I try to stay calm and I try to be, you know, level-headed when I'm making decisions about what I'm going to talk about and what I'm going to say. But at the same time, if, if if your district attorney is not sort of fiery and passionate about what he or she is doing, then they're probably not the right person for the job. And so, yeah, you know, in the situation a few weeks ago when we had a police officer get shot, um, I was vocal about that because I, I'm not going to sleep good at night unless I am in a situation in which law enforcement is, is in the right. And and uh, there's something that I can be outspoken about and can support law enforcement and be on the right side of the issue. Um, I actually have trouble sort of keeping quiet because the right thing to do is most of the time just the right thing to do. And so it is, it's not always easy. And sometimes there might be critics that say, hey, why don't you step back and, and not say as much. But I just don't at this point think that that's my role. When I need to, I will. But right now I'm comfortable and confident in the way that, that my office is, is represented and portrayed to the public. Cody, you've now been serving as district attorney for a year now. What is the number one thing you're most proud of so far that you came in and you changed or perhaps turned the district attorney's office around and going in a different direction? There's a lot of things. I can answer that question, but I will say this. Um, We met all of our short-term goals in a shorter period than I thought we would. So I had all these big plans when I got into office. And to a certain extent, as a young candidate and as a a new elected official, you're making promises. And sometimes you have like your fingers crossed behind your back. You're like, I mean, I hope I can, you know, let's see if we can do it. This is going to be fun. Uh, I had no idea that with a lot of hard work and the right people around me, that we would be able to accomplish most of them or be in the process of accomplishing most of them in a very short period of time. We've made a lot of progress. But I would say number one is this. Um, the DA's office had a lot of hardworking people in it, had a lot of um, serious prosecutors in it, but it was in a bad place in terms of leadership, in terms of camaraderie. Uh, it, it, was, it was damaged based on not just the election but years years previous that just wasn't run well that's one reason i ran for office and i had a lot to put back together in the office and i had a lot of people to hire and today i can say and and my administrative assistant is here with us and we talk about this a lot including this morning i can say today that i would put my district attorney's office up against any da's office in the state and i would put any of my prosecutors up against any defense attorney in this county and any defendant in this county i am more proud of the people in my office and the way that we get along and support each other and like each other, I'd put us up against anybody. And that really goes a long way. Um, if I could, if I could write a book, my first chapter would be about just leadership in the office because leadership in the office 
really dictates how your office is going to go work and be productive. You have to have an office that's that's good and healthy before they go and do good work in court, right? And so we just had to sort of rebuild. Um, the spirit was just broken in the office when I got there last year. And very slowly, I had to earn respect from people in the office, and I had to give respect to people in the office. And we're in a, we're in a really good place because we did that. Before we got started today, you uh, told me that you're serving an eight-year term, which I had no idea about. Is there any other... F- area in government that goes that long i'm thinking four no just seven. our judges <laughs> our um our judges are eight-year terms um so the, i got elected with all of our criminal court judges that will be there with me throughout my first term um and it, and there's a couple other states that have eight-year terms for da's but it is the longest term in the nation yeah you can see why that's a long time i was yeah. 33 when i got elected i'll be 41 when I end, which is like a big chunk of life, it seems like, you well, know. It's got to be a relief. You don't have to start preparing for a campaign in the next year. I mean, thank goodness. I know my, my brother, um, four years is a good good period of time, too. But I, I can already sort of feel how each year goes by so fast. And we watched our dad. Two-year terms are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am totally an advocate of lengthening the term for our members of the House of Representatives because... They're not even. They're not getting anything done because they don't have time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're constantly campaigning. It's true. It, we know that. Um, I, I can't imagine. I would not. I would not ever want to do that. And just think of the millions of dollars it would be saved. Exactly. It, you can't get anything done in two years while you're campaigning. It's. It's just. It's just silly. So yeah, they. They need to talk about. And I'm surprised they haven't because you would think all of them obviously would want longer terms. And I would. That conversation would begin with them, right? So I'm mm-hmm. so surprised that we haven't started talking about four-year terms for the House and six years for the Senate, because that seems to make more sense. And while, we're, while they're talking about it, maybe they could throw in an age limit. <laughs> oh, right. Can we can we max out at something? And that is not to say, you know, that is not, it's not like an ageist comment. It's just that you know you have less energy when you're a certain age. My dad will tell people that. You know, he'll, he'll tell people close to his age, and he's only 65, that are considering getting back involved in politics He'll say, no, you know, we've, we've been there, we've done that. That's not what we're supposed to be doing at this point. We're, we're past that. Uh, it takes a lot of energy to do this, much less, you know, flying to D.C. Uh, to, to work in Congress every day. Yeah. yeah, so it's not about age. It's just about energy and letting the next sort of generation come in and lead. It, our, our presidential candidates are, are proof that it's time for new leadership. Yeah. We'll see if the rest of the country thinks that. So our listeners, they always want to know what our guests think about scouting. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you have opinions. <laughs> well, you know what? I had told y'all before we started, I spoke to a group of Boy Scouts last fall, and I actually, I really enjoyed it, even though it is hard for the district attorney to sort of, uh, uh, you know, my, 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 you could say dumb it down. For <laughs> not, generous, not dumb right? it down. Not dumb it down. That's not the right way to put it. Not dumb it down, but try to, you know, convey what I do to young kids. Um, but no, my dad was a Boy Scout. And I think that if we in this community were investing in young kids like the Boy Scouts do, then we would see a massive difference in, um, the youth that we're producing in their teenage years, in their 20s, in their 30s, uh, right? This is what we don't have enough of anymore is a community investment into young kids or the, you know, all the, the, there's the same organizations for young girls, young boys to teach them 
to do things and to be productive and to be, you know, healthy young members of the community, to want to go change things. Uh, this is what we need more of. Unfortunately, we're seeing less and less of it when we know this is what young kids need. They need they need something to be a part of. They need people to rally around them and teach them and let them know that they're important and that they can go do whatever they want in the world. Um, so, sure, I mean, it's it's what it's what makes our community good still, and it's what causes 16-year-old boys to make good decisions instead of bad decisions mm-hmm. is because they grew up in the scouts and they they know. Um, mm-hmm. It's also, you know, I'm I'm a young female, and literally just knowing, like, the outdoor skill part of it, uh, just the skill part in, in general. Um, you know, if, if I ever have a daughter, I'll, I'll hope that she meets some guy that's got scout uh, integrity and scout skills. And so, sure, it's, it's what we well, you, look like as a community. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a bit struck by the amount of energy and passion that you have for your job. And I think what's interesting, and I'll go on a soapbox for a minute about scouting, is that because we have these kind of 12 core universal values that we believe everybody can share, it gives kids an opportunity to have something upon which they base their passion and their energy and enthusiasm. I'm guessing that they're are principles that mm-hmm. you rely on each and every single day that you dig down deep to in those hard times because you definitely have those. And sure. uh, and we hope that scouting is helping provide that as well. And I'll also say we did just, uh, I think it was 2015 was the first year girls could be in Cub Scouts. And they actually can. I think I remember hearing that. And, and 2019, 2018, it's been a few years now. It's bad, I don't know, Sean was the first year that girls could be in the official Scouts BSA, the older kid program. Okay, nice. And we've now All had right. several um, Girl power. Eagle Scouts that are, are young women. I love that. And I'll tell you that it's been amazing to see the amount of pressure they put on the young men. <laughs> I can only imagine. In terms of uh, Not their projects. Showed up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, so I think it's good for everybody when you have them. I mean, I'm a fan of competition, right? So yeah, I agree with I that. Competition is a good thing. I love that. But, yeah, I think it's what our community needs to look like as a whole. Again, if more, let's if every young man could be a scout, imagine what they would look like when they were 18 years old and going out into the world. Um, mm, yeah. But, yeah, sure. So let's talk a little bit about the parents. So if if you're... If a parent listening to this conversation right now, what would you tell them that they should do or engage their kids in? Mm. Um, first of all, I think that what's we need to be aware of in this community is the distrust for police officers. Hmm. Um, and this is important for scouting. There's so much media attention around negative um I'll say the the bad cops and we no longer talk about the good cops and you don't realize you know maybe if if you're if you have a six-year-old at home and you have certain opinions about something you see on TV about police officers if you speak poorly of police officers guess what your kids gonna think they're gonna think poorly of police officers Um, and I feel like back in that when I was growing up it was always that police officers were there to help you know that's all they were there to do and I've never had a bad experience with police officers I know some people do um, but I have not. But we have to be careful about what we're teaching our kids about law enforcement. Um, not that law enforcement is there t- to get all of us or to send people to jail, but that law enforcement is a really crucial piece of this community that is really the only reason sometimes we function properly. And so one thing, just from my point of view um, and 
sort of knowing it's not all it's not you know most of our parents are still teaching us good things about law enforcement but there is a portion of our community that is not that way um that wants to always think the worst that wants to believe the worst when they see it on the news and i really think we sort of still need to go back to building up our public servants because even though sure there's always going to be a few bad apples there's always going to be a few bad teachers and a few bad nurses and a few bad lawyers and maybe a lot of bad lawyers if you ask (laughs) some people maybe more than that but there's always going to be a few bad apples. We can't let the few bad police officers um, begin to influence the way we're talking about them and teaching law enforcement to our kids, right? Um, so, and I have, again, I have four nephews and a niece, and that's something where you have the opportunity to, to influence the children around you to let them know, hey, this is what law enforcement does. This is what public services, this is what first responders do. Um, I want to make sure we, we, we stick with that because um, a lot of things have, have – you know, gone downhill in this country since I was five years old, and I think that's one of them. Uh, the way we treat and respect public servants and first responders and law enforcement, I think we need to be careful about that. Cody, you make such a great point, and, and former police chief David Roddy is in this studio several times a month, and we're going to have him on Scout on Chattanooga in the near future to talk about this exact subject. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I love that, and David, David is a... He is a legend in this community, in my opinion. Yes, he, um, is. he He really, he's done a lot for Chattanooga that some people don't even realize he's done. But, but I, I do think it's important. It's worthy to talk about as we move forward in, in the place in this nation that we are right now, and the, um, you know, the media being so divisive at times. So if if I'm a young person, or if I'm parents of a young person, and I'm interested in the legal profession, right? Uh-huh. You said you found your love for it or determined it at a sophomore in high school. Sure. What things should I be engaging in or involving in or learning about to decide if that's the right thing to do? Oh, that's a great question um, because it's a very niche area, so it's sort of hard. It's not like other uh, fields. First of all, once your child gets to a certain age, um, you really can contact most of the judges in town and my office love to have even younger kids come shadow for a day. You know, if if, if you're if you're Younger than a certain age, certainly we wouldn't want you to see all the things that we do every day. Um, but first of all, just come down. We have high schoolers um, that come and and shadow with us and just sort of watch. I know Judge Starnes and Judge Statham are really good about putting kids on the bench up next to them. Even Judge Starnes will have his grandson on the bench that's um, in middle school still. And so uh, I think that kind of thing. And then just also just educate your kids sort of on, on the very the basics of criminal justice. Um which is also just the basics of right and wrong. Uh, you know, they all they go together. The basics of criminal justice is the basics of what's right and wrong when you're when you're a young kid. Um, but also, I'll tell you this: as a as a 34 year old young district attorney um, that always had the support of my parents, what was more important for me growing up than anything else was knowing first of all that my parents thought I could do anything in the world I wanted to do. And then second of all, knowing that they were going to support me and stand with me no matter what. I don't think, and I'm not a parent, so I would never give parenting advice. But I can say what I know has caused me to take risks and be brave and go do things is that my parents said, we support you no matter what you do, but we want you to know that you can go do whatever you want to do in life. And when you have people that love you and care about you and they say those two things in combination with one another, I really think the sky is the limit. 
Well, Cody, thank you for taking time to spend with us today. For those that would like to seek out more information about your office, where can they go online? Yeah, first of all, my office number is 423-209-7400, but my administrative assistant, her name is Tasha Black. So pretty much if you call my office, when I tell people to get in touch with me, you can call and say, hey, I want to talk to Tasha, and you'll be transferred to Tasha, and that's who has my ear every day. So, yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds great. It's time for us to take a quick break. For Jared Pickens, come Master Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scott on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Did you hear that? The outdoors are calling. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Camping, hiking, shooting sports, wilderness survival, and so much more. Your new adventure is waiting for you in a Scouts BSA troop. Go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com to find your path to youth leadership. My name is Jada, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun. We play sports and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a path near you. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Woodfield along with Cubmaster Kyle and CEO Jared Pickens. And it is time for us to go to, what was this look that you two guys are giving me? We were, you know. We're just trying to be serious. Yeah. Oh. Very serious. You just well, told us you wanted us to be serious, more serious. Well, it is time for us to go to news in the world of the Cherokee Area Council. <laughs> news. <laughs> <laughs> so he did it again. So the t- council council. So here's today's top story. Well, news of the world of the Cherokee Area Council is we have a great event coming up December. Okay, are we done? We do have a really cool event coming up December seventh. It's the Gathering of Eagles, where we it's just up where we take some time and highlight the Eagles of the past year. Um, the newly eagled individuals and we also give away a few awards like uh, eagle project of the year and the silver beaver awards are a part of that as well it's december 7th right december 7th yeah yes. december 7th Weston downtown at the Weston downtown yeah yep. and all the eagles the new eagles of this year are going to get to come for free with a guest and we're asking um alumni of the Boy Scouts of America and the Cherokee Area Council to come join us as well. There's a really cool special reception uh, for Eagle Adult Eagle Scouts before the ceremony where you can just get together with some eagles from the past that you may remember and uh, sit and chat about some cool stuff. So, And all of our um, parents and leaders to That's come right. and to celebrate. These young people need to be celebrated. These are the youth that have earned their Eagle Scout in the last year. And can we talk about who all earned their silver beaver this year? Sure, I believe you can the talk cat's about out they, of the bag. Yeah, they've announced the uh, the recipient. So if you want to roll that out, that'd be great. Well, I'll let you because oh, you're, please allow allow no, you. You're special. Yeah, no, is no. it because neither one of you can remember the list of names? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so we've got uh, Jennifer Strand. Yes. Kevin Akins. Council President Jim Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Can't leave anybody out. And VP of Properties Bill Clegg. That's right. All very hard workers, all very deserving of the Silver Beaver, which is the highest 
um, honor that a volunteer can receive at the council level. Jared, they, are you sure there's only four? Because if you I'm, leave somebody out, that's going to be bad. Nope. I got them exactly 100% right. Okay. And uh, they're all counting. You know, you know how this thing is, all the listeners that are out there. They're not going to know if you aren't there. But they are going to know if you are there to congratulate them. And it's going to mean something to them. And we really try to make this a top shelf experience. If you've not been before, it's just a really fantastic evening as we celebrate newly minted Eagle Scouts that are youth and our highest volunteer award recipients. I, I heard this event is free to the community. Is that true? It, if you are an Eagle Scout that you've earned your Eagle Scout this year, mm-hmm. all right, you get a free ticket and you get an extra free ticket for a family member to bring you. But if I come, I have to pay? Yes. Okay. Then it's not free to the community, is it? No, but well, it look. Very, it's cheap. It's it's. I think it's forty five dollars. Honestly, yeah. but that forty five dollars, you're going to help pay for those Eagle Scouts meals yeah. as well. Right, is what you're doing. So I'm gonna feel good about myself at the end of the night. Then, so yeah. that's good. I but think, you came I last you year. Will. You yeah. had a good time. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. it was good. I, I thought. It. I think it's really nice. Is uh, Jed Mescon gonna be hosting? Jed Mescon is gonna MC again, and oh, man. Uh, this year it's getting even bigger. Let me tell you, these governmental officials really want to get involved in it. We've got. Mayor Tim Kelly's coming this year um, to recognize our Eagle Scouts. We also have representatives from uh, Senators Haggerty and Blackburn's office that are going to be present and, and be there to make uh, some some remarks as well. So, Mayor Womp going to be there? Uh, I don't remember. Hmm. I have to. I, I yeah. Sorry, I just don't remember. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Sounds like it's going to be a great event. So that's in December. Anything else we should be aware of before we wrap up today's uh, Scout on Chattanooga? Yeah. So um, we've got one more episode that we'll be recording. This recording is taking place in October for November release date. Um, We've got another one that we'll be recording in November that'll be released around the first week of December. And then, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year you've been waiting for. It'll be the holiday season. And we will have oh, our second, man. our second annual Scouties Awards. The Scouties that me and Kyle put together, <laughs> and we have already started brainstorming. Is there a patch for this? Kind of. Y'all should it's, do a patch for this. Well, Kyle, we do have a patch for it. Yeah, we have the uh, Scout on Chattanooga Council Shoulder Patch. So anybody yeah, that wins one, a Scoutie is going to get a, one of those patches. That's yep. right. Okay, yep, cool. they're going to get it after the fact. And, you know, you you might remember some of your favorite Scouty Awards from last year. Like the VIP. The VIP, the Very Important Plumber. Mm-hmm. I think that was Mr. John Klein. That's right. Uh, very Important Plumber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because say, never he heard or was it the most organized 700-plus person event in the Cherokee yeah, Area was, Council? I think that was, that was Jennifer, Jennifer Strand. Strand uh, best overcrowded event, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we recognized our favorite uh, podcast guest, our favorite podcast story, scouting story. Oh yeah, that we heard. And then the scouting mentor and went to uh, Casa, went to Mister Castagram. That's right. So well. you are not going to want to miss the episode coming up over the holiday season where we talk about the scouties. And if you have a suggestion for a cool category or person that we should try to recognize on the scoutie, Kyle has a special call in line. That's right, four two three. Eight two six fifteen thirty one. That's our special voicemail that you can leave us. And if you leave us a voicemail on there, you might just hear it back here on the podcast. So, so please leave us a voicemail. Let us know. This would be a great, great way um, to drive some engagement. And I will definitely not call the line and act like I'm someone. We we should do a. <laughs> What's that number again, Kyle? 
423. <laughs> quit writing it down. Uh, 423-826-1531. Or you can send us a f- message through our Facebook page. That's right. That That's easy. Because getting it through Facebook Messenger not it'd yeah. be a lot easier than you just phone. search Scout but on that, Chattanooga. But yeah. that will we will not air. No, well, no because we've we can read it back. But yeah, read it back. Uh, I think we should hear add ye, a hear ye. scouty for <laughs> the script of the year. I think we should add a scouty for the most listened to podcast of the year. Oh, the most downloads. You know, we did that. That That's was right. the Weston Womp. We yeah, did do that. Mayor That's Womp a good idea. That. Yeah, we yep. need to continue that, Sean. Yeah. Good idea. What because if say? I'm not mistaken, uh, it wasn't that long ago that Kyle said that our podcast with Sheriff Austin Garrett was one of the top. I don't That's know right. if it's still I don't know record. if it's been beat or not. Well, you'll have to wait till the scouties to find <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, any final words before we go, Kyle? Uh, just super excited about the uh, upcoming fall season and scouting with all the fun things going on and uh, make sure that you're getting out there and having some fun kiddos all right jared just want to thank all of our scouting volunteer leaders for kicking off their scouting years this fall i want to thank all of our council level folks like you sean for hosting the podcast and doing their board service i want to thank people like kyle especially for being so engaged in our cub scout programming that we're having this fall this this stuff you know it's actually we didn't talk about it it's almost a thousand people across two weekends that are going to skymont scout reservation that is the most that anyone on our team can remember happening in the last decade so well done kyle and jennifer strand and all of those people and so thank you to everybody for everything that you're doing and uh, just remember that um kids may never have the opportunity to join scouting unless you ask. So if you see a kid, you see a parent, you interact with somebody, ask them if they've considered scouting for their family. That's going to do it for this edition of Scout on Chattanooga. Go to the Scout on Chattanooga Facebook page for any suggestions or comments about today's podcast. Click on the subscribe button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area.